Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Do us a favor. Don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined by the fashionista that is Frank Sanders here on a football Friday. Looks like he's fresh off the golf course. He told me definitively off air he was not on the golf course. I do not believe you, Frank. I, um, what was I doing? I was not on the golf course. I was out with the homie earlier today, my business partner, Kevin Hillis. We were playing dominoes with his dad, man. It's like one of those rituals we try to do, man. Father, son, get to hang out with him a little bit before time ever slips us by. I would definitely say if you get a chance to call some of your folks and get a chance to hang out with them, take advantage of that, man, because time is moving pretty fast. A lot of people are slipping past us, man, and uh, we're not taking advantage of those moments. Look, we get to talk about football and a lot of fun stuff, but Something about life, man. Take take advantage of the people that you love, so they'll so they will know that you love them while they're in your presence. Well, uh, well, Fred, well, Fred, well said, Frank, as Jose <laughs> says. Clean, Frank, looking clean. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's make it happen, man. Let's make it happen. Well, we're making it happen here at Peach and X Cardinals because we have a special announcement today that broke earlier today at noon Pacific time. Bo Brock, formerly of PHNX, not formerly PHNX Cardinals, locked on Cardinals, joining PHNX Cardinals. Frank Sanders, this is a game changer. Bo Brock, uh, one of the most well-respected Cardinal reporters in the Valley, is coming home to PHNX Cardinals, joining our phenomenal family here. We could not be more excited to welcome Bo, his family here at PHNX Cardinals. He is starting on Monday so we're going to acclimate him right. I said, you know, we'll just come on the show on Friday, Bo, and we'll razz you. And then we thought more about it and said, we're going we're gonna to kick it off clean. We're going to promote him. We're going to promote him like hell this weekend. And then we will unveil him on Monday to the masses, 4 p.m. PHNX Cardinals Live. But in all seriousness, could not be more excited to have Bo on the show moving forward, Frank. Look, the more the merrier, but not just the more. You're bringing somebody who absolutely dives into every aspect of the Arizona Cardinals. Smart, intelligent, witty with his words. He knows what he's saying. He's not a homer, so you guys don't have to. You guys don't feel like he's sucking anything up. He's gonna keep it straight. He's gonna be a sharp shooter. So you guys know you'll know exactly what you're getting when it comes to B and B. We'll give him a nickname, man. Right now, BDB. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to having him. He's gonna be. It's gonna be. Exci- it's gonna be exciting to have another voice to uh, to kind of weigh in. There's so many sides of the Arizona Cardinals that you know we talk about it from a fan perspective. I try to talk about it from the locker room. JV gives us you dial you dial in extremely well, man, on some of the history of the Cardinals and what they've done. Uh, you are definitely an official not on the Arizona Cardinals where it become where 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 in regards to. Daddy Bidwell, as well as Mike, and watching what he's doing. You know, Daddy Bidwell. You and Daddy Bidwell were very close. Yeah, look, we, we were we were we were close like two twigs in a pack. I'm telling you, like you know how, you know how close those are, like that. 
I don't want to bury the lead here. I want to remind everybody, go follow Bo Brock, B-O-B-R-A-C-K on Twitter. Bo makes his debut Monday. Can't be more excited. But I'm burying the lead here. Julio Jones, A.J. Green, both Frank, I don't know if you've seen this or not, connected to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, John Gambadaro, uh, Arizona Sports, uh, 98.7, saying, I believe last Friday the Cardinals have interest, or earlier this week, the Cardinals have interest in bringing back A.J. Green, to which you defended him on yesterday's show. And then there came this, Evan Massey, via Massey underscore Evan on Twitter, saying, per source, the Cardinals could be a potential landing spot for free agent receiver Julio Jones. He's receiving plenty of interest, and Arizona is amongst those teams. I see that. It is not surprising to me. Um, Gambadaro was quick to shut that down, saying that they haven't had interest yet. Okay, let's look at it high level from the surface. I've got tail of the tape, Mr. Sanders, and you're our receiver savant here. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones or A.J. Green. Now, this is based on... 2021, one of them had Kyler Murray, one of them had Ryan Tannehill. Julio obviously played in six less games. Julio is a year younger, and in 2019, he was still borderline elite. So looking at the tail of the tape, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the additions of Julio Jones or reuniting with A.J. Green? You know, we're talking about just in 2022, that 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 was not the best year for Julio Jones, although he went to a new team. He thought they thought 100% that he was going to add and be a great, great splash to what they were, what they had already con- commissioned and would bring it in regards to Tannehill, Brown, um, also Derek Henry. They thought they he was a great addition to that. Unfortunately, it was not. He had a little couple. He had a couple injuries and it was a setback. The tail of the tape right now, man. Honestly, of course, I'm taking AJ Green. Definitely, if if he can stay wow. in the system, he knows the system. One year younger, but when we look at the overall stats historically amongst these guys, Julio Jones just dominates without a doubt. And you're talking about mm-hmm. 13,000 yards, a little bit 13,000 plus yards, 61 touchdowns. A.J. Green, a little bit more than 10,000 yards catching um, and 68 touchdowns. So we, t- we, we have two really still, I mean, when you look at the statistical numbers, these guys are in the top echelon of the out of the top 25 in the history of the game statistically and what they've been able to do, adding them along with De- DeAndre Hopkins. Could that be a conversation? Will I present to you, JV? Would you take both of those guys um, and bring both of them here with the opportunity to have three 10,000 plus yard receivers standing above six foot three, all of them over 200 pounds, which I, I mean, would, you, would you accept that? No, I don't think there's enough balls to go around when you think about the magician process for Rondell Moore. Um, I think one would suffice, but that does not preclude me from adding a receiver as early as pick 23 in the NFL draft. Um, I know there are a lot of uh, Julio Jones detractors out there. Um, and, and listen, I don't think he is going to be the end-all be-all if this team ends up having interest. Um, because I know he, he misses a ton of time. He has not played a full 16-game season since 2018, which, by the way, that season, Mr. Sanders, he almost had 1,700 total yards. Um, his most recent productive season of note, 2019, he had uh, almost 1,400 yards. So these past two seasons, he's been banged up. Nine games played in 2020, and then last year he only played 10 games with one receiving touchdown and just 400 yards. A um, couple of Quick notes um, that I want to mention about Julio Jones. Catch percentage, 64%, which is almost a full 10% more 
than AJ Green had. I think AJ Green was in the mid fifties last year with Kyler Murray. His and that's really consistent with AJ Green's career. Julio Jones, he just he has better better hands. He just does a better job with contested catches. And I think if you're Kyler Murray, that's what I want. I'm going to give you as many one-on-one opportunities as I can, especially opposite DeAndre Hopkins. We saw last offseason, and this was no disrespect to A.J. Green, uh-huh. when the rumors came out that Julio Jones wanted to be traded or was going to be traded, it was DeAndre Hopkins that was active on social media saying, I will take a pay cut, I will take less, I will allocate funds elsewhere, give me my guy, Julio Jones. And he even tweeted out a picture of he, A.J. Green, and Julio at a Pro Bowl once upon a time. So – I, I don't think anything's imminent, but I, I, I can't dismiss this because this fits the bill of a kind move. And some people saying, well, why don't you just bring back A.J. Green? I think you know what you have with A.J. Green. I think you're going to get similar production, 700 yards, maybe 800 yards. I, I think he tends to disappear at the end of the season. He's older, so his body wears down. He's going to be much better in September and October. The upside with Julio Jones, and I know I am going to the well with this because he hasn't been healthy. When he's on the field, he is a better player right now than A.J. Green. Now, the pushback is, is he also spending a large majority of his time, Mr. Sanders, in the training room? That's what you have to weigh. You, you really do. And, I mean, that, that has been – I mean, the last couple of years in regards to Julio, that's been his challenge. He's, he's had hamstring, ankles, hamstring, ankles – and those things do hinder. I said that the other day on the program that once a receiver starts, once a receiver starts having little knickknack injuries in his lower lower extremities, you're going to see that thing where it never really he never really overcomes that, and that becomes the that becomes the the eyesore on when you have when you have to make a decision on which one which one of these guys you would choose. AJ gave us a full season. He's not he's not as expensive. He's about ten to twelve million dollars working right now. That's a good number. And I, again, if if D Hops is is really the, willing to make some concessions. Look, I'm telling you guys, I keep saying this. What we see on paper is one thing, but what you add into the locker room is another. We knew we had a bad J.J. Watts. Come on, let's be honest. We knew J.J. had been hurt consistently. Just keep it real. Great, great been example. Hurt. Great Three example. years in a row, he had been hurt. He hadn't finished the right, season. Players. Right, and so we, we gave him $20 million, and everyone sucked that up like we was bringing a leader in, and he was going to finish the season. Well, he did not. And so we all got to suck that up again. So, but I'm saying that one additional game has added the longevity of the season. You're talking about 20 games now before you really 20 games. That's three preseason games, and then you got 17 regular season games. That's a lot of football wear and tear. You need players with depth. You need time. AJ could come out and play, and then Julio might still need to recover. But I would like to see these guys in a position. Go ahead, go ahead, Jay. Here's where I'll give you some love. Because I I think I've acknowledged this part of the argument enough. A.J. Green, when he had DeAndre Hopkins, was was much better than A.J. Green without DeAndre Hopkins. And if I'm basing this argument off the fact that DeAndre Hopkins, who outside of last year had never been injury prone his entire career, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be making close to $30 million each of the next couple of years. So they're expecting peak DeAndre Hopkins this year, like Mm 1,400 yards, double-digit touchdowns. If that's who I'm getting – which why wouldn't I think I'm getting that? Then A.J. Green last year was on pace to have a 1,000-yard season. Where the Cardinals got exposed, and this is where you have to be vulnerable, if you lose DeAndre Hopkins again for any amount of time, you cannot count on A.J. Green to be a number uh, anything other than number three. Rondell Moore, it, it, with his skill set, how small he is, he is not a volume target, 
Not yet. He hasn't proven that. He's not Steve Smith yet. So I just I feel like the only the only scenario in which I get fearful with AJ and bringing him back is if D Hop, God forbid, goes down like that. You are you are cooked because now you don't have Christian Kirk either. And even if you were to go spend a, a pick on a receiver, you don't know the kind of production you're going to get year one. Whereas I feel like with Julio Jones, if he's available, I can get number one receiver play still at Julio Jones. I, I feel like AJ Green, there's a big fat asterisk because it's well, yeah, pending Hopkins health. Is that fair well, to say? I, I I would say yes, that's fair to say. Um if we leave him in the same system that transition that, that we all saw the transition happen from game eight until you know one through eight, we saw our coach call plays that was entirely different when mm-hmm. D Hops was there. And then when D Hops went down, we went back to the same high school, college stuff we've seen him do before, which was not effective at all. The last eight games of the season, the play calling was not effective offensively or defensively. Mind you, we could talk about COVID or injuries. They're just, it was not effective. The chat is on point in a lot of areas when they're talking about, let's get AJ. I think that there is some, there's some common, there's some, there's some common sense in just saying we can still go into the draft and get these, but we can still get these two guys as well. And then just in case we're taking Johnny's perspective, look, if something happened to D hops, then we still got it. We got two stud guys on the outside and not bar, not forgetting Antoine Walker, not forgetting Zach Ertz or James Conner who caught a plethora of balls out of the, out of the backfield himself. So to me, you're just adding weapons. You need weapons because if something happens, you always got to have that backup, man. And you know, that, that, that's important. I'm surprised by how many people have, have, favored AJ Green than Julio Jones. And I think to your point is he just can't stay healthy. I, I really came into today's show and I'm like, it's going to be like 80, 20 people want Julio and it's about 60, 40 AJ Green. And to Rafa's point, we need a younger option, but we can't go into the draft without a younger number two. And I think Rafa, that's the perfect synopsis for this team. I think will draft a receiver. I think they're going to draft one high in the first two rounds, but at the same time, they cannot go into the draft with other teams knowing that they have to spend a pick on a receiver because that puts them at a disadvantage. So I, I think w- all of this smoke right now surrounding Green and Julio leads me to believe, Frank, that a receiver signing is coming from the Cardinals at some point. They have not made an offensive signing in free agency yet. Both signings have come on the defensive side outside of re-signing some of their own internal guys. So um, I, I do think that at some point maybe they're waiting for price tags to drop. AJ Green, by all accounts, we haven't heard him take a visit. I know AJ is very comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team, Cliff Kingsbury, they made a note to say they didn't use utilize him enough or well enough. And I also think that if I'm Julio Jones, I want to play with a rhythm passer like Kyler Murray. I don't want to go back to Ryan Tannehill and a run-heavy offense. And I have to give Jess Root of Cardswire uh, some props because he, he texted me earlier today and he said, Receivers get a full day off in Cliff Kingsbury's practice schedule. I think they get Wednesday off. So if you're Julio Jones, like, are you even going to practice much during the year? It's like that, uh, if you remember once upon a time for the New York Giants, uh, Plexico Burris, like, never practiced. If I bring in Julio Jones, that's what I'm doing. I I don't need Julio Jones to practice for me. I just keep his body right and just be ready for Sundays. And most of the guys in the league <clears throat> at some moment don't have to practice as much as we think they do because they yeah. know what they they know what they're getting into. The game plan's the game plan, but more likely, typically the offense and, and what we do in practice is is 
it's schemed out in positions where you're going to, you know, you're going to get the ball most of the time. If the, if the defense coverage works in on your, in your favor. So I agree with that guys. Look, I'm telling you, I would like both of these guys on my team. Frank Sanders, when he played, he had Rob Moore and David Boston. I mean, that's you were loaded. Names. You guys I was, were freaking I, loaded. I mean, and we had Larry Sanders in the backfield as a, as a, as a running back that can catch that caught over 90 balls out of the backfield. That's four studs right there that you can go out and play with and be happy with. None of us got hurt or injured. Thank God to that. You need the names on your roster. Rondell Moore, I like his skill set. I think he's going to be a hell of an addition. And if we use him right, but that's that's what's on that's what's on the table. I think yeah, it just remains to be seen. Like what kind of what is the best season of Rondell Moore look like? Because there are probably people out there that think gimmick player yards per catch was was awful last year. Although most of us feel like that was cliff induced. Mm-hmm. Like is Rondell's best season like eight hundred yards receiving, four hundred yards rushing, or all purpose? You know, I I don't know if we can put Rondell in this box of, well, he's going to be a 1,300-yard receiver, Pete. Like, because we don't know what his route tree is yet. Well, we, we, we've we seen in the past that we've been DeAndre heavy, you know, and that's, that's been – excuse me. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. We, we've been DeAndre um, heavy. And that's been kind of the – he's the one guy. He's 1A, 1B, and 1C who, <laughs> who we're going to throw the ball to. Everyone else becomes twos. And that's, that's the unfortunate side. But when we look at our offense without him, we can still see our tight end catch about 70 balls. We can see two other guys outside of Christian Kirk and A.J. who didn't, I mean, finish the season with 70-plus catches himself. So the balls are there, and and, it's, and the opportunities are there. I think that, you know, if we use him and utilize him in a, in a, in a good way, Rondell Moore, we could really see an explosive player do a whole bunch. You said all-purpose yards. He punt returns. He kick returns. And he just has so much upside that we can we can utilize him with. We're not being afraid. I think he's a, he could be a future Tariq Hill. But again, Tariq it was never an outside receiver. You have to motion Tariq. You have to move him around. You have to put him in spots and keep and keep keep him in one on one situations where it allows him to be, utilize his speed and run past guys. He's running past nickels and dime receivers. He's not going against the number one receiver that's on the outside, left or right. And so, I like what we can do at Rondell. You guys are talking a lot of good stuff in the chat, man. And we, I mean, but I do see an upside if we did bring both of those guys back. I really do see an upside in that. Um, and, and what it means to the Arizona Cardinals on the stage and what it means to the defensive coordinators, how they have to try to protect us, how they have to try to defend us. Zach Ertz, six foot four. You're looking at, uh, if you're looking at Rondell, five foot eight, five foot nine, and we just go across the board. If we had Julio and then we also had AJ and we had the hops. Those are just trees out there, man, that our quarterback is throwing to. You mentioned Tyreek Hill, and you know, I, I would love it if Rondell Moore became a poor man's Tyreek Hill. Their, their first years in the NFL are, are more similar than you might think. Both had under 600 yards receiving. Uh, Rondell's yards per catch was skewed because of the uh, gross amount of screens uh, he was given by Cliff Kingsbury. He was right around eight yards per catch. Tyreek, as a rookie, 9.7. Uh, then you saw a huge jump in year two for Tyreek, 1,200 yards, 16 yards per catch, 1,500 yards, 17 yards per catch. So it can't happen. Um, I just we'll, we'll have to – it remains to be seen. I think part of it, too, is can Rondell Moore stay healthy? Listen, this is all moot if Hopkins isn't back being DeAndre Hopkins. Like the Cardinals are going to struggle. He is their best player. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins – if you, if you just had to rank the best players on the team, with all due respect to Kyler Murray, especially now that Chandler Jones is gone, and probably Buda Baker's in this category, DeAndre Hopkins is a top 10 to 12 player in the NFL. 
And if the the Cardinals just can't afford to lose him, Frank, he just I, he has to be healthy for the for the for this team to compete and contend. So I would say that I'm hoping that what you're saying, I know for a fact what you're saying is right in the statistical numbers of where he where he sets at in the NFL in regards to you know top player on that, on that, in that regards, top player in Arizona Cardinals one two without a doubt. That's 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 hands down. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I'm hoping that the growth of Cliff Kingsbury, man, would be such to a, to a degree that the guy that coached the first eight games would be the same guy that can give us 17 games as a coach, moving guys around, creating mismatches. That would be a problem to, to defensive guys because, look, both said in the chat that, you know, Fitz, Fitz told him and he said that, I mean, that Julio Jones is the best receiver ever seen. Let me tell you guys something. Julio Jones is nasty. Like, I mean, like nasty. Barring the injuries of last year, when you watched him in practice, if you go back and watch him in practice, but when he was with Tennessee, what he used to do, how he run his routes, how he dropped his weight, he's still got – he's fast, he's physical, he has a burst, he has great hands. All those things on the table, I would agree with Fitz 100%. So we can get all these guys. I, I mean, it would just be – it would be a happy signing for me because I believe that these guys would bring so much threat to defenses on, on defenses across the league. Quick story. So my wife, who's a casual football fan, she she likes the Cardinals. She's not diehard by any means. Um, 2011, uh, we're watching TV, and I've got the combine on, and Julio Jones is putting on his combine performance, and she is infatuated with Julio Jones, his appearance, his performance. Um, and so she has a soft spot and would love to see us acquire Julio Jones as a result. I mean, his combine is, is, is legendary if you haven't seen it uh, once upon a time. I want to remind everybody, college basketball fans, join in on the action. U of A lost, but the tournament goes on. Uh, the rest of the Sweet 16 tips off tonight, and you can be a big winner with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. They win, you win, DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays, cash out big, combining multiple bets from the same game. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's called action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do DraftKings Sportsbook, a reminder, it's 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only. You do have to deposit a minimum of 5 bucks. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for more details. Mr. Frank Sanders, how about this for a DraftKings pick of the week? I stumbled across odds for next year in the NFC playoffs. The Arizona Cardinals are my DraftKings pick of the week to make the playoffs at minus 110, which is good for sixth. In the NFC, the six best odds to make the playoffs, which might give us a little bit of insight into Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury's thought processes. We're just gonna wait everybody out in the NFC. We're gonna get in by default. By default. I, I don't I don't love the strategy, but I can understand it. So minus one ten. Look, I, I I'm I'm I think that this team will be better than that. I think that once we once we once we get to the resolution of that, we we've decided to sign Kyler and we bring in a couple other pieces. This team would better be better than your pick. I'm hoping, JV, that we're not eking ourselves into into the playoffs. I'm, I'm pretty How sure. How many that's people in the chat right now would take the sixth seed right now today if you could sign up for it? If you're asking planner. me, I would take it right now. I do not think this team is good. If you think this team is going to beat the LA Rams for the NFC West, I 
please give me whatever you're taking. I would love some in large quantities. If you would take the six seed right now, please put it in the comment. I would take the six seed right now, Frank. You take the six seeds knowing that they're probably going to face who? The Green Bay Packers? Or they're going to face the Tampa Bay okay. Buccaneers? Tampa. I mean, you got to play the best teams in the playoffs. I mean, you got to play the best teams if you're going to be six. I'm not getting any love in this. I'm not happy with that. People think they're going to win the NFC West next year. I want that to happen. This I'm always that. Thank you, Ann. He's always going to take the playoffs. Hell yeah. The Big Wheels will always take the playoffs. You know that, Frank Sanders. That's that would be that would be. I'm going to say this here. There is probably no one more disappointed in the state of Arizona than Michael Bidwell and watching his team collapse, knowing that they were 10 and two Agreed. and watching the the, sh- the the crappiness that happened in the last five to seven games of the season, getting into the playoffs was not the, was not the the candle that was lit for this team. When we're talking about eight and oh, 10 and two, hell no, somebody blew the candle, somebody blew the candle out. And that's what messed us up because something changed drastically and we could not figure it out. And that's the unfortunate side, but, just getting into the playoffs with the players that you had last year, trying to re-sign those guys this year and bringing them back and hoping that you can you're going to do different something different. The sixth seed, you know what, JV? When you look I'm at going. our roster, when you look at our roster right now, I agree. That sixth seed, Thank this you. roster, Thank you. yes, with the sixth seed with this roster, please, I'm Jesus, oh audio yes, and all please, of Jesus, you, oh, yes. everybody who's trashing me in the chat, and there's not a many of you saying that Johnny. We're going for the one. I want them to have the one seed. I watched and co-hosted a podcast for three-fourths of the NFL season, four-fifths of the NFL season when this team was in the one seed and then somehow traveled on the road and got smacked in the first round of the playoffs, and the season was over. So I just – we try to be objective and realistic. Give me this – like – and somebody made a really good point. Uh, I think it was Alex in the chat saying – or Rafa saying fighting for the five seed with the Niners – that's another thing I want to point out. DraftKings right now, Cardinals are the sixth seed, but the Rams and the Niners are ahead of them substantially. So I just I, I see what you have with that. The, the division is the division remains tough. Now the great news is the Seahawks are dead and buried. They're irrelevant. We can dance on their grave at the bottom of the NFC standings. There are so many have-nots in the NFC. If I'm if I'm Michael Bidwell, Frank, I've got Kyler Murray, I've got D Hop, I've got Buda Baker. Hopefully, I can add some pieces here. I, th- this team can get to nine wins pretty pretty favorably, I think. So let, let me just add to it because I see a couple of them saying Michael Bidwell didn't seem it. He didn't seem that way, or he would not have signed Steve Kimes with it or Cliff Kingsbury. His silence—that's Mike. Like they don't mm-hmm. they don't they don't air their laundry like 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 Jerry Jones would or or somebody else, some owner would air their laundry. Mike does not do that. But I can also say this here. If you're going to take the good with the bad, which Mike will do, the good mm-hmm. was at a high level when we're talking about we still got a third-year coach and COVID injuries, blah, 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 blah. He'll probably give him the pass on that. I don't, I do not understand the six-year or the five-year term contracts that he gave those guys. I don't, I still don't understand that. So I'm with you guys on that 100 percent But saying that he's not disappointed, 100 percent absolutely blown out of the water. This guy got this guy bought a jet. He he got him a custom-made jet for this group of guys and players proving and trying to attract guys in a position to bring them here to the Arizona Cardinals. So I believe that Mike has every in, in, I desire to win and want to win because he keeps giving us talent. The, I, the problem is that I think that he just did not want to burn the barn. You know what I mean? He didn't want to burn the barn. He doesn't want to be the Jets. He doesn't want to be the Jets or the Jets. trying to reproduce and re, re, reinvent the wheel. Look, this team was really, really, really good in going in a good direction. 
the questions that we all ask as fans and I ask as a player is what happened? What was mm-hmm. the transition? So why was it so, so why, different? Why do they collapse every year? Right. Like what, figure what, that out. And, that, and that's the conversation. So we go back to certain points and, and when we go to a point, we point yeah, at like one person crazy. and that point is we're pointing at Cliff saying, man, he has not finished the season anywhere he's done, anywhere he's been. And so unfortunately that's the sad part, but I, I just think Mike didn't want, he didn't want to set the fire on everything. He didn't want to do a dumpster fire, throw the baby out with the bat, with the, with the bath water. And I think that is a situation where um, he, he kept, he kept it close to the vest because remember, Mike nor Steve said anything or Cliff, even when there was rumors of this heated debate in the, in the, in the hallway, they didn't mm-hmm. say anything. They never even answered questions to that, that there was a heated debate between these guys. So to me, I think they kept it, kept it close to the vest and they were just, he was hoping that maybe one more year that this team could uh, pull out, pull a rabbit out of his hat. Because when you get that close and you think you're eight and oh, you're 10 and two, and then you watch this team just fall off the map. I just, I mean, me and Johnny, we had a lot of drinks we had a, last yes. year, a lot of drinks. And, Bo, you're more than welcome to bring your own. Yes, bring a flask, Bo, a virtual flask. We will you need know, it. Bo's, Bo's seen this team up close. He, he watched this team up close in 2018 when they had the first pick of the draft. So uh, that's why it felt surreal when they were 10-2. Uh, contender for maybe chat or chat comment of the offseason from Jalen Blair. Maybe we should just have saved the money from the jet to sign some key free agents. Um, I, I love that. Absolutely. Did they spend no, too much money on no. the jet so now they can't afford Hassan Reddick? The jet's all personal. It comes out of Mike's bread. It never affects the salary cap. So let Mike know. spend everything he wants to spend. Let him look. Hey, handling your business, Mike. Get these guys here on a jet, man. But look, we, we, we're in a – I like what Johnny said. Look, we're – I'll take the six seed right now, Johnny, with this team. We Give got me three. Six seed. Give it to I me. mean, we got a we got an almost healthy uh D Hobbs that we're not 100 percent sure on. Our quarterback's not signed just yet. He'll be we fine. got we got two one defensive lineman that we can actually call by name that we think is a player. We got two linebackers that are as 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 young as you can go chick- through the whole roster now. I can do it. I, I can do it. <laughs> All right. Before you before you do that, let me remind everybody, children five year and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or even dying from the disease. It is safe, free and highly effective. And COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. So as Frank was potentially going through that uh, entire roster and where the Cardinals have needs. Somebody in the chat mentioned earlier, lack of physicality up front and young depth all around. Well, the Cardinals, depending on your thought process, uh, maybe uh, attempting to change that Sanders, Mr. Frank Sanders, the Cardinals currently are hosting or have hosted former second round pick of the New York giants. Will Hernandez, Will Hernandez once upon a time went to UTEP and played under current coach, uh, uh, current offensive line coach for the Cardinals, Sean Kugler, okay. coming out of UTEP. He was a highly touted prospect, I believe a top 40 pick. He bench pressed at the combine. I remember this 225, 37 times. So the Cardinals have brought him in. I, I thought all along this offseason that was a match. Now he was, he has not been good the last two years for the Giants. Part of that is position change. He's been flipping and flopping between right guard and left guard. The Giants are a terrible organization. And I think that the Cardinals can build him up with Sean Cooler. I would love to see this addition. And then additionally, Mr. Sanders, the Cardinals were present today. Top guard prospect Zion Johnson 
at Boston College, uh, the Cardinals had prominent scouts in-house for that. So it looks like the Cardinals are going to do their due diligence to shore up uh, the interior offensive line. You got Justin Pugh coming back, Rodney Hudson. If I if I have somebody like Will Hernandez, I am sprinting to the desert so I can play next to Rodney Hudson and I can be with my old offensive line coach. I would sprint anywhere in this desert because the weather is amazing and you cannot you cannot be be in Arizona when it turns when it gets when it gets into the winter. You don't like but that this, northeast weather? From this guy just left New York. I swear to God, when he comes here and he and he's looking at November, walking around in shorts in December in shorts, and his wife is out there in the pool, and he's gonna fall in love with this place even more. It is. It is. I just want to remind everyone in the chat right now. Just listen to what Johnny's talking about. We're talking about an offensive line, and we're talking about going and watching another offensive line. Did anybody in this chat say they needed an offensive line? No. Everyone said they wanted a receiver. We need skill position. One of the guys just spit out and said we need some depth and growing up our young talent. We're looking for an offensive line. What the hell? That's that Steve Kahn magic again. He's showing you guys what's important, not the skill positions. Because Well, we remember that game against L.A. where Kyler got his brains beat in and was well, running for his life. That's because, the guy, again, the guys that was here had got healthy and they just – it just got they just got their butts whipped by a guy named Aaron Donald who had said he was he he had everything and every inclination to get a ring. Determination was on his side that day, and unfortunately was not on our side. But I'm saying, look at what Steve is going to check out. Look what he's sending our scouts to go check out. And we're talking about we need skill positions for our guys. We need we need defensive linemen, edge rushers, and that's what we're talking about. We're bringing in. Ah, look, I don't want to be over it. But I'm over that conversation right now because you and I both were just talking about additions that we know for a fact that will make an impact. Our offensive line does need help. Um, yeah, and they, they need an infusion of, of youth at guard. And everybody knows this is Justin Pugh's last year. I think Zion Johnson would be a home run pick at 23. And then here's what I'll say with Will. First Hernandez. round. Uh, you say first yes, round. Yes, first round. Wanna, he would be first a first round, round pick. Yep. First round. Um, first, Will first Hernandez round. in 2018 – was one of the highest highest rated guards uh, for all rookies. Up. You've already said that Steve does not. I got to cut. Uh, Jay, you said Wait Steve a minute. never Hang drafts. Hang on a second. He never drafts skill positions, and we're doing it again. If you're not, if you're not going to take a receiver, I want you to take a front seven player or a, a line of scrimmage player, either offensive or defensive line. I do not want a corner. Okay. I, good hell, no more linebackers, right? Don't take a running back. Here are the approved – Johnny's approved positions to take at 23. Receiver, okay. pass rusher, defensive tackle, a five or a three technique, or an offensive lineman. But it's got to be an offensive lineman that has a position next year and plays okay. right away. Those okay. are those are. If they take a corner at pick twenty three, a rotational corner, I am going to lose my shit. Or I will lose <laughs> it on air. Their corners are fine. They have no pass rusher. They have no young defensive tackle. Go get one from the SEC. Give me an interior offensive lineman. Because here's the thing. Josh Jones can play right tackle. Kelvin Beecham's under contract. Rodney Hudson got a nice extension. You have you have two glaring holes at right guard, or excuse me, at guard. Yeah, fast forward from this year when Pew's gone, and you don't have a right guard right now. So let me finish my my spiel about Will Hernandez because everybody loves to shit on Will Hernandez. He was one of the highest graded offensive rookies um, on the offensive line in 2018. He is durable. He's missed three games since 2018, all of which were COVID related during the debauchery that was the 2020 season. I also feel like Daniel Jones is one of the most sack-prone quarterbacks, and we saw it when Hassan Reddick had his five-sack game two years ago. He runs into a lot of sacks. I think Will Hernandez is will be would be comfortable here. 
Sean Kugler, putting him in a position to succeed. He tapped into what made him a, a top 40 prospect at UTEP. This is something that good organizations do. And I listed three other players that struggled at guard and then got picked up by their second team and had a, and, and had a renaissance. The most recent example, Lincoln Tomlinson was a late first-round pick, same kind of category as Will Hernandez, was drafted by the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, not a great organization. They butchered his development, and he left. And he went to the San Francisco 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, and he had a tremendous four-year run, and he just got paid, I believe, by the Jets this offseason. Correct. I think the same thing. Will Hernandez is not a bust. He can play. He is durable. And I, you just have to – if I'm going to trust any coach on this staff to elevate a player, position coach, it's Sean Kugler on the offensive line. So there's I, me on my soapbox. I agree with you on that, man. Everything you said was absolutely right. The chat line, I agree with you. Ian says Zion Johnson is elite. Uh, we need some guys in the trenches. Give, give me both of them. Give me both I agree. I mean, I look, I we need we do need guys up front, depending on what we're going to do. I think this team is is definitely geared up to be a pound, pound and pass type of offense of where we're going to pound the ball with with, with JC. And then we're going to pass the ball. We're going to pass the ball around to the receivers that we Wasn't got. Wasn't this team so much that. fun to watch when they were just beating the hell out of the Niners yeah. and the Seahawks, running it down their throat, being physical. Then they got soft in the later months. They have That's to correct. find a way, Frank, to, to, to get away from that mindset in December and January when they just can't, they can't move people anymore. No, I agree with you on that, man. That, that's the part of the growth that we're, we're, disco- we're discovering. And I can, I can see that. Like I said, that I thought the first part of the season when we watched last year, um, you know, Cliff was at his best, man. The, the genius that was the genius part of him that was, that was firing on all cylinders was there. We had a three by one set. We had four receivers to the side. We motioned guys out of, out of a three by one set into a two, a two by two set, which is two receivers to the left, two receivers to the right. That was that was absolutely fabulous. Sometimes we even had we even had a, you know, we we, we ran it where we could just ha- hike the ball directly to JC, and, and that was awesome. Yeah. And then after that, something just changed, and I think that's the part where you know, I, I don't I hate to keep bringing bringing it back up, but the players don't call the plays, and no. unless you unless you get four or five years in and you're a real stud of a quarterback, yeah, you can make some adjustments. So you gotta you gotta have the head of Peyton Manning, and so they'll give you the access to do those things. But this offense was not was not good the last eight games of the season. And it was primarily because of the play callers. We pointed that out consistently. We didn't hold our tongue on that. We thought that clip did not do a good job. And we kept asking what the hell was going on. And unfortunately that was the bad side about it. It would, it would, we do need help in our offensive line to build that, build it up. We do have some guys that have been injury prone on our offensive line. J, JV, you've definitely pointed that out. Hope these guys can be healthy, but it would not hurt to get some, get some younger talent on our offensive line along with a group that will be growing while Kyler Murray is growing as a quarterback. I don't love their strategy this offseason and the inactivity, but what I will say, Frank, is you bring in a Will Hernandez and you pair it with a Jeff Gladney acquisition. Those are two basically first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Hernandez was a fringe first-rounder, second-round pick that went to organizations where things didn't go well, but now you're 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 doubling down you're going to say, okay, I'm not worried about the talent. I had first-round grades on these guys, presumably. I know they had a first-round grade on Jeff Gladney. Get him into our system and our culture. Let's see if we can remedy what went wrong. Gladney, it was off the field. Hernandez, it's on the field. I would much rather invest money and time and resources into those scenarios. Once upon a time, and you know this, Frank, the Cardinals took a tackle in the top 10, and he didn't pan out. 
and he went to Dallas and he moved to guard. And you know where I'm going with this. I do. And he became an all and he became an all pro. I do. Right. So you Big just you have that's right. So you have to go into those scenarios and think to yourself, I I trust my pre-draft grade. I don't want to pay for older players past their prime. You know, Julio and AJ Green notwithstanding, those are one-year deals. But like if they bring in Will Hernandez and Jeff Gladdy, it's like, okay, we're fortifying our roster with talented players that just need a fresh start. No, I, I agree with you 100%. This, this would be a, a, a total upgrade. And the idea that I think that when I say this, I say this with the intent of being in the locker room watching Jake Plummer and watching the transition from Dave Craig, who had 78 sacks, his 76 sacks his first year, and then he was on, <laughs> which broke the NFL sack records. He got yeah. sacked. My offensive, my starting quarterback, Dave Craig, when I first got to Arizona Cardinals, guys, he got sacked 76 times my first year. And it was crazy. Like it was, it was, you would run a route and turn your head and you have CTE back. now. What uh, happened to him? It, it was not good. He's, uh, he's he okay? definitely okay. I've, I've seen him in the valley every now and then. He's definitely moving in a better position than he was three, four, five years prior to that. Jeez. But I tell you what, it was ugly. Look, you need to, you need to make sure that you, you have a strong interior line that can protect your quarterback. Uh, we saw that. That was, that was not a good showing. Uh, once we saw that a, a, another defense, once the defensive line could dominate and take over the game, they mess up everything. Your quarterbacks play, your receiver play, your running game. And so it would, I agree with you, Johnny, to beef up our interior front, our interior line with some young guys and guys that can play and then are ballers, that would tremendously help the confidence of Kyler Murray. That's the guy we're trying to make sure that we can we can build around because we want to make sure he can sit in the pocket and throw the balls that he's supposed to throw, not this one, two, three back out of the back pocket, do a pirouette around a, a defensive end, running on it, running down the sideline and hailing it out to the uh, hailing the ball out down the field. That's cute. They call that the Murray magic. We just want to see a great quarterback be a great quarterback. We don't always we, want to see the want, magic. We trick. want a rhythm to the offense yes. and not – there were so many times, even early in the season when the team was humming, where you would have to rely on Kyler, broken plays, long conversions on, on third and long. Um, you know, there are good questions in the chat. Alex saying, do either of you think offensive philosophy is changing? No, not with Cliff. This is what the offense is. Now he'll make tweets to it. And I do think that when this team began to get banged up late in the season, he, he's, he said as much like he did not adjust well when Hopkins went out and then you have no AJ or excuse me, you have no James Conner for large stretches. Like, you know, th those were real issues that Cliff didn't yes. manage and, and didn't overcome. Um, so I, I will try to judge Cliff on face value that when he had all of his cast of characters, even when he didn't with Colt McCoy, but when, when he had Kyler and he had DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner through the first three months of the season, there was nobody that could hang with this team. And then when they had some adversity late in the year, not November, they, they couldn't overcome it. And so he'll have to take a look in the mirror. But this is the Kingsbury offense for better or worse. It's not changing. No, it's not going to change much at all. I mean, I agree with you on that. Unfortunately, that's the part that I hope that the coaches that they surrounded them with are the coaches that can change that mindset. Yeah. And that, and that even in the midst of watching the film and going back and studying yourself and reviewing it with the coaches. And if you say you is, and if you say one of your best friends is Sean McVay, then goddamn, ask your friend a question or two. If I'm stanking it up and I'm trying to be great in the NFL, ask me what am I doing. What should I be doing better than what I what I did last year or the year yeah. before that? Because look, everyone sits. The coaches come together. They they sit around. They talk. They go have drinks. And all season they watch film together. 
they're on boats and yachts and all that stuff. But guess what, man? Damn, that's a question. And what can I do better to evolve in this NFL system for 17 weeks? Because last year was not a good moment. And I hope that the offense philosophy will change in regards to the idea that you're looking for mix match. And if you're going to find somebody that you can beat up, go find that person that beat up and get your best players versus that person. That's the only way the NFL will win. We saw all last year that not just from our team, then we tried to move Chandler Jones and J.J. Watts around as much as we possibly could. It worked some days. It didn't. We tried to put Isaiah Simmons on the line. It worked sometimes. It didn't. And at the end of the day, when it came to our receiver position, when we won, when it was excellent the first 10 games of the season, I will say this here. I was no more proud with the K2 tattoo sitting right here. The K2 tattoo proving the fact that I was extremely – I was extremely proud of everything that Cliff had done from the ingenious side of moving guys around what I've been asking for as a player, former player, that is. And I'm just saying, if he can get back to that moment, you guys will be extremely happy with the team that we have and the coach that we have. And the philosophy wouldn't matter because we will be we will be outmanning other teams, top players. Jordan's got a good question uh, for you, Frank, as a former mm-hmm. wide receiver. Would you rather have Alabama's Jamison Williams, who is coming off an ACL, tremendous player, <laughs> Or the speedster from Ohio State, Chris Alave, which are Jamison Williams, period. Okay. Jamison Williams. And it's not that I've watched him on both of those guys. I will say this here. I studied both of them. And let me just share this with you. Julio Jones is the absolute statue of all the receivers that you've seen in the last five years that have been drafted out of Alabama. He is the statue of it, dropping his weight, burst, speed, quickness, agility, fast. This guy, Jameis Williams, is all of that. He's just – he's been surrounded by other five-star guys. So watch this here. Five-star versus five-star because Ohio State has nothing but five-star guys, right? And so a lot of they are sitting with five-star guys. The difference is that he's played with Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. And so, therefore, that in itself – the inception of that mentality shows you that these guys are getting the ball out in rhythm. They're not just – they're not just sitting and patting the ball like the quarterbacks in Ohio State – Watch the film. You will see that most of the Ohio State quarterbacks were patting the ball down, looking at guys, staring guys down, waiting for these guys individually to get open. Alabama the SEC is a different animal. Of that. Yes. It is different. And so when you look at it, the, the receivers at Alabama right now, man, I'm telling you guys, they have a stable of receivers over there that are absolutely special in the receiver and the art of being a receiver, dropping your weight, exploding through the, exploding through the catch, running exceptional routes, I mean, they are attacking DBs at the point. Chris Olave, um, they're not doing that. These guys are just hella talented. You're telling me that when he fast. smokes when he smokes somebody from Northwestern that's going to be selling insurance in three months after the season's <laughs> over, it's a little bit different than playing NFL bodies against Auburn, Mississippi it's, it's, State. It's night and day, it's a night and day difference. These guys are look, Ohio State has a uh, receiver. They call and I love, I, we love too. Ohio State players. We I, would, I, I, I want the Cardinals I, to take players from Ohio State. They're, they, the, they, they're the pretend <clears throat> SEC representative. That's, they that's fight. They, are. they play. <clears throat> they know what it's like to be on, on a big stage. The history of their receivers are not as de- – it has just as much depth with Chris Carter. These guys have – these have Terry McCullen, yeah. Terry McCullen. These guys, Terry Glenn. These guys got the same, same amount of talent. Coming out of Ohio State, they believe that they are. Uh, they believe it's they okay to have a preference. And I will say, Jameson Williams take, six foot two. Jameson. Frank Sanders six foot two. Now Jameson's one ninety. Frank Sanders once upon a time was two fifteen. Uh, Frank Frank Thanks offered a little bit more yards after catch, man. 
Look, I, I'm. I just say that I'm telling you. Like, I, I like Pickens over on. The, I like Pickens. I like Landon. These are, these are the guys right now with the system that's featuring these guys. Here's what I always look forward to: is as a receiver, it's not that when they're just throwing the ball to you. What are you doing for the other guys? Are you still running your routes? Are you still are you still opening up for other guys? And are you excited for other guys? Rob Moore, David Boston, these guys showed me that. They showed that this was not just about them. There are a lot of good receivers in this draft. I'm telling you guys, there are a lot of good receivers in this draft. But not only that, the NFL right now has done a great job, and Johnny, you can attest to this, is that back in the days, it were probably like five or six quarterbacks you knew that was automatically going into the playoffs. Not anymore. Right now, you got about 15 to 20, 20 quarterbacks right now that are hella talented from any division you can name out of the division. It used to, you know, I mean, and that, that to me tells you that the quarterback play has gotten better. The calling of the players have gotten better. That's why the receiver money is so much more. And so right now, you have to have great receivers. And right now, there are a lot of great receivers in, uh, in college right now coming up. Great stuff from Frank Sanders. I want to remind everybody debuting on Monday, Mr. Bo Brock is officially joining. The PHNX family, PHNX Cardinals live with myself and Bo beginning Monday at 4 p.m. Do me a favor, everybody, go over to PH, gophnx.com, become yeah. a member now. You can hang out with Bo, myself, Frank, and the member Discord. Get a t-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Frank's looking good on a football Friday. He's got his hat, his shades, he's got his drink popping off. We wonder what's in there. Fun, tasty beverage on a hot day here in Phoenix. Want to remind everybody, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We're making moves here at PHNX, even though the Cardinals are not, Mr. Sanders. So for all of us here, don't forget, like, subscribe us on YouTube. John says it perfectly to cap this off. Bo is a hell of a pickup. That he is. We will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend.